Check one, check Lock two. Radio. But yeah, that was a good fight. 
very fun fight to watch. Some give and take, some back and forth, some you know competitive rounds. I thought. Um, so we'll talk about that. You know, I think there should be a rematch. Of course, I haven't even mentioned it. The elephant in the room is you know the stoppage, which I'm torn. Okay, I am torn because I hear you know when we get to this area of boxing, right? This category, this topic of well, you know, the ref knows he's got a minute to recoup. And that is true. That is very true. He does know that he's got a full minute of getting water, of just getting your shit together, right? Obviously, let's not act like, you know, uh, Josh Warrington's legs weren't, you know, looking real bad, right? Because they were. Anyone that says they weren't, uh, come on, dude. He was hurt. But I understand the thought process. Hey, man. He's up on his feet. He beat the count. He don't look all that great, but he is walking around, even though he's a little, you know, stumbly. Not a little. He was hurt. He was hurt. His legs were badly hurt, I thought. But the least he could do is look at the referee. That's the very bare minimum. If you don't, fighters out there, okay, and obviously include Josh Warrington, if you don't want the ref to think you're hurt, Look at the goddamn ref. Like, I don't know. I mean, this felt a little like Anthony Joshua. At least Joshua had been knocked down, you know, more than once uh, in that fight with Ruiz. But it's like I understand walking it off. And, and, you know, by walking, sometimes you can prove, hey, dude, I'm up. I beat the count. We're good. But to sit there and go right to your corner and – I've heard people say, well, he was saying, you know, he was swearing. He was mad that he got caught with that punch or mad at the, you know, circumstance. You're up in the cards, you get knocked down. Um, but if he's so with it, they're using that as an example of, look, dude, he's clearly got his mind. Well, if he's so with it, then look at the fucking ref. Look, look at the ref, dude. You know, focus on the ref. Prove to him. I mean, look at Fury when he got up and, yes, that is one of those where you see if a guy looks like he's out, he's probably going to get called. He's probably going to get called out. Danny Jacobs did, and, and all of a sudden he was alert once you know once he got up. He's like, no, no I'm fine. What? what? Um, my point is, Fury was showing him, hey, dude, I'm good. I'm here. What's up? We're good. You know, I'll walk over here. I'll walk over there. Um, and that's the problem I have. You can't fault the ref 100%. So those folks that are saying it was a horrible stoppage, come on, dude. Horrible? First of all, his legs look fucked up, right? And second of all, look at the ref, dude. you got to focus in and, and show them I'm good to go. Because remember, it, by not doing that, that kind of shows you're a little out of it. It kind of shows you're a little out of it. You, if you're going to say, well, hey, he's swearing – and he's walking around to show he's he's there. When you're not paying attention to the ref for most of that time, you're kind of making the case for him in a sense, right? So I think you got to look at the ref, and, and, and you know the ref said he said it. Turn around, and, and he didn't turn around. Then he did turn around, said I'm good, you know. So I understand. I understand there's some controversy or whatever, or, or, or so. I think there's an argument to be had. I think there's a good debate, but it's not one side. It's not just a horrible stoppage. Because remember, the referee is supposed to judge at that second 
Not, oh, I got a break. Not, oh, you know, his last fight, he was able to do this. No, right now, right here, clear and present danger, right? You're looking at him, and you're saying, could he, if there was, there, there isn't two minutes left in this round, but if there is, could he be okay to fight? Could he or she be okay to fight? That's what they're making a decision on. Let's not lose sight of that because, of course, different referees, you know, come up with different outcomes. We get that, but there is a general rule to this thing, okay? And I know this fight was not here in the States. It wasn't in Mexico. And, uh, you know, for years people talk about there are some early stoppages. On the flip side, maybe some of them were smart (laughs) to stop early, if we're being honest. But, yeah, I, I didn't have a major problem with the stoppage only because of, of Warrington's I'm not going to say behavior but demeanor you walked away you're not looking and the only thing I'm seeing is your legs are wobbly as fuck so anyway we're going to get into it a little bit deeper than that where do they go next I'd love to see a rematch whether it's next or at least a fight from now I, I think it I, I mean Warrington definitely warranted a rematch there's no doubt about it. Now, Ramirez and Smith, I thought Smith, um, um, Joe Smith, Mr. Blue Collar, I thought he did win, you know, more rounds than just one. Uh, but in, in the rounds within the round, the rounds within the rounds, but, you know, the action within the rounds was tightly contested. I'll say that. I thought Ramirez won cleanly, but I didn't see a nine to one but it, you know it was a pretty decent performance definitely had some fun stuff um we'll talk about that of course and then we'll talk about this weekend we do have technically we can call it a weak unification sure but we do Genebeck is uh trying to gain respect in this weight class at 160 we know 160 has been trashed for a while so um we technically have a unification right, on ESPN um, at 160, and then Tim Zhu and uh, Brian Mendoza on Showtime later at night. Both of them are a little later, actually. I believe it's like an LSU – is it LSU? I can't remember what – I think it's LSU-Auburn. So that should do a a healthy rating anyway, good lead-in, you know, for that ESPN show. But I'm looking forward to – Tim Zhu and Brian Mendoza the most this weekend. I mean, that's a great style matchup. Um, you know, on paper, I definitely favor Tim Zhu, but uh, I like the fight. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, and then we're going to go over some fight news. Bo Mack suspended sentence. And some people were like, wait, what? So he got sentenced? You know, um, he's free. He's free as long as he doesn't go doing the same thing he did or even other stuff which I'm not saying he's going to. Uh, he'll be good to go. So it's good to have Bomack back. A lot of people had a variety of, you know, uh, different thoughts on that. Um, I know a lot of U.K. people were bringing up knife crime and all that. and You know, we should be celebrating uh, Bomack coming home. And I understand, you know, taking – I don't – I still don't know the, the detail on, you know, we don't – I don't know if we know 100%. How the guns exactly, I don't think he bought them there. I thought he, you know, brought them private and then tried to bring them back non-private or got checked, whatever. 
but he's back. Um, and then we do have some current fight news, of course. We'll, we like to end with the boxing Twitter segment where we have, you know, some fun with fanboys. We also expose the media members for being fanboys and being over-the-top biased. And then there's just some great tweets that are like, yes, I, I would retweet that or repost it, whatever the hell they call it now. Uh, we do have some news on Benavides Andre. We knew it was a done deal. Now it's, it's official. There were rumors swirling about, um, you know, Vegas or Texas. Sounds like there is – well, it is a done deal now. So that's a great, great fight. Um, you know, it does appear that the undercard is shaping up. We'll see exactly what gets announced, uh, you know, We'll talk a little bit about that. And then, speaking of, you know, rumors swirling, there is going to be a little follow-up anyway. I'm not going to get too deep on this stuff, but there is going to be a little follow-up about the PBC and whatnot because there there has been some new new reports, whether, you know, quote-unquote reports about, you know, everything from Showtime's out of the business and so is PBC or PBC's taking meetings right now. Uh, maybe they finalize, they're in the process of finalizing something. Maybe they've already finalized something. Maybe it's exactly what was reported that, you know, Showtime pay-per-view is going to hang around and then they're going to go to Paramount or Amazon or whatever. Um, so does he already have a deal? Is he uh, taking meetings? Is he finalizing? These are all good questions. We're going to talk about it in just a short little bit. Um, if this is your first time listening to the RoboDope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash RoboDope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and, and RoboDope uh, Radio and, and, and download the show there. If you don't want to, you can find the, the podcast in a variety of ways uh, under the RoboDope Radio banner on Apple Podcasts, rate and review. I forgot to say that sometimes. iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcast, download the podcast app, um, PodBay, PodTail, a host of other platforms as well. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com, Eastside Boxing, and Phil Boxing. And one more thing, DirecTV stream, the MLB postseason is here. Sign up and catch every game live on DirecTV stream. No satellite dish, no cable box required. And for a limited time, save $30 when you sign up today. Choose the Direct TV stream package that's right for you. Um, starting at $64.99. You hear that big old um in the middle of it. That, that, that's not how you want to read that, just so you know. Anyway, um, you know, we're going to start in the ring. I know a lot of people want to start other places. I don't. Let's start in the ring. Um and I say that because I got a lot of feedback, really the last two weeks, but talking about that Showtime PBC stuff. Because, you know, so many people love to celebrate that stuff. Different vibe I'm getting when HBO went out of business. Especially, you know, HBO has some good fights, you know, going out of business. I'm not saying that. Uh, I love getting Canelo and all that, for sure. But they definitely whimpered out of business, if we're being honest about it. Uh, that's not the case with Showtime these last few years. Um, but it is funny how I'm, I'm hearing more. I, it's just a whole different vibe uh, if, in fact, Showtime goes out of business compared to HBO. Um, so I'm getting a lot of messages over that. I will ad- not address that, but just in general talk about. 
I'm not going to talk about it every week. You know what I mean? I'm not going to talk about it every – I'm not going to – unless there's new stuff, which that's the thing. There was some news reports. People asked me some questions. Whatever. I'll respond to those. Anyway, um, you know, I thought Wood was was, – well, at first he was trying to back Warrington up, right? He definitely was trying to back him up. Um, whereas you saw Warrington nestled into that high guard. He had a, a, a nice left hook, a few other lands. But I actually gave Wood that first round. Um, and then I thought Warrington went on a nice run. I would say the second, third, fourth, and fifth was Warrington. Um, by the second round, you saw a southpaw stance. For some of that second round out of uh, Wood, Warrington, um, you know, fairly uneventful round, but a few right hands. I think there was a late right hand, if I remember correctly, that landed well for him to take that one. Um, and, you know, he, he kind of connects early with a clean shot kind of resets, traps Wood in the third round on the ropes, um, starting to get, you know, that rough and tumble stuff. Uh, Warrington definitely, you know, digging to the body with both hands. Um, and then in the fourth round, I actually thought Wood did find his range somewhat. Uh, he was landing some good shots, uh, especially early and maybe midway through that round. Um, but Warrington, the hooks and the movement, the left hooks especially, also like a really nice clean right hand the last 30 seconds or so, I did give that uh, to Warrington. Same with the fifth round, like I said. Midway through the fifth round, big right hand, kind of on his ear, on Wood's ear, stumbles Wood. Some fun exchanges down the last, whatever, 20, 30 seconds of that round. Um Mostly jabbing uh, at that point was Wood. But like I said, uh, you know, the sixth round, you had Warrington flurrying combinations to the head and body. I thought Wood landed a big left hand and a right hand, some chopping right hands. Um, And I thought he started to kind of gain advantage right there a little bit, jabbing well, you know, landing his right hand. I I, I thought Wood kind of probably landed the best shots of that round. So I gave him that round. So it was from the first to the sixth, um, number one, number two. So I got a four to two, right? And then, you know, Wood lands, I think it was a right hand first, and just combination punches, knocks down Warrington. And then he gets up, right? And he, and he, he did get up. There's just, you know, there's no doubt about that, obviously. He got up. Clearly, um, but he was stumbled. You know, he was he, he didn't have his legs underneath him to put it nicely. He didn't. Um, now, have I seen boxers you know hurt worse and be able to carry on, especially with that minute break? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why I'm saying there's a debate, there's an argument to be had. But like I said earlier, this hole that was ridiculous, that was horrible, it was horrendous. I. I Got to disagree. I got to push back on that because, like I said, the combination of his legs not looking great 
and then him not even looking at the ref till it was too late. You know, and, and I've heard that the ref said, turn around, and he didn't right away. If you're walking around, and maybe I could see the confusion because it was near the end of the round, and, and he does see, like, his corner up on, you know, up on the, the canvas. So I get that. But, you know, if you're so with it, right, you're, you're swearing and you're mad that it happened. Of course you can be mad that it happened. But if you're so with it, why don't you look at the ref? Man? Just look at the ref. That's all you got to do, and you probably would have been okay. But we don't know. But it's an argument, this whole thing of that was ridiculous, that was shitty. No way, man. Like I said, the combination of the legs be looking bad, and then you're not even paying attention, and you got your arms rested up on the ropes, and you're not turned around, like looking at them with your, you know, I mean, resting your arms is not really showing you're really pumped about it. But I'm saying if you kind of like that Joshua stance, you know, where he was kind of in the back there, I'm not saying do that, but you got to look at the ref, dude. So I think it's your own fault at that point. I got to admit, when you're not going to look at the ref and you're walking really shaky, <laughs> he was on shaky ground. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't have a huge problem with the stoppage. Dude. And right when it happened, I was like, dude, turn around, turn around. What do you do? And then, you know, like I said, the folks that say you got a minute touche, I get it. I get it, but that's not – the referee is not there to decide if this guy – well, let's take a look at him after a minute. It's not a cut. It's not a bruised, swollen eye, right? you got to show that you can fight right now like it just happened early 10 seconds into, the, into that round. You got knocked down. you got to act like you can fight for the next two, you know, two minutes, 40 seconds after the counter. You know what I mean? So – that's technically what the ref has. That goes into the formula of the decision. I think people, whether it's emotion, whether whatever. And listen, I, I lost the – I mean, I won a bet. I got my prediction right, but I freaking – I lost money on a decision. So I, I hear you. I feel you, you know. Um, I didn't think there would be a knockout, to be honest with you. Knockdown, getting hurt, sure. But I, I thought this would go the distance. But – you got to remember that that ref is there, you know, to to make sure the fighter can fight right now. And I, and I think people lose sight just because, you know, they, they think situational, and that's it, right? Dude, you got a minute. Just let them sit there in the minute, then check them out. That's not what it's for. That's not what it's for. You're supposed to be able to continue right now that's what you're looking at so anyway there most definitely should be a rematch I think they should go right to it I'm not saying you know in January you know and, and it, we'll talk about this a little bit later during news it does sound like Josh Warrington wants to take a little break he's had a busy year right and he, uh, he had three fights and one of them didn't go his way and one of them wasn't going his way but shots out to Lee Wood and Josh Warrington. This was a fun fight to watch. Lee Wood, though, you can never count this dude out of a fight. And 
he has the eraser, so maybe he's not going to learn his lesson. You know what I mean? It's like he's got to almost – like I think he'll learn his lesson. I'm saying learn your lesson the first fight. Kind of like uh, Jermell Charlo. I know it's sacrilegious just to bring him up right now. right? Just, but, you know, in his rematches, it's like, okay, I'm going to tweak this. Okay. You know, although in that fight, you probably should have already been doing this, but you did. You know, and so Lee Wood – I thought he didn't necessarily fight the right style. I would have liked to seen him use Warrington's aggression more. I also get the idea of let's feed him on his back foot. I also get the idea of if you're pushing him back, there's going to be less inside stuff where he thrives. And whereas letting a guy come to you, you're probably going to, you know, get more rough and tumble. But it wasn't working. It wasn't working. So I do think he should go back to either keeping the, you know, pivoting and whatnot, keeping, circling, you know, moving on the outside, but keeping it in the middle of the ring um, and just at the end of the jab. You know, I, I really think that an encounter and, you know, do some of that stuff and, and clinch on some of that stuff if it is going to be the rough and tumble stuff. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong, Josh Warrington, I did forget to mention, he did get a point deducted. Was it? Yeah, it was in that round, wasn't it? Was it in that round or the round before? Yeah, it was in that, it was in that seventh round. He did get a point deducted, and that's, that's him. You know, he's a rough and tumble dude. He's going to hit you, you know, in the back of the head. He's gonna, there's going to be head butts. There's going to be some shit going on in a Warrington fight. Rabbit punches. It is what it is. Um, now, do I think, I mean, Featherweight is a fun division, no doubt. I mean, it, you know, I do think there's obviously other fights. Now, um, someone actually just sent me this saying Eddie Hearn thinks he's the best in the division. Of course he's going to. That's his fighter, and he's a promoter. Um, you know, you do have you do have some fights there, obviously. With Luis Alberto Louis, uh, um, Lopez, you have... We assume um, Figueroa and Vargas, the winner of that, or the loser. Uh, Ramirez is in that division. Um, Magsayo, um, even Ruben Villa. There are some, you know, I'm not, it still needs to be figured out. It still needs to be figured out. I, I wouldn't say this is the best fighter because if you look at like a, a Figueroa, and some of the stuff he can do. Now, I do think that you'd probably see Lee Wood because he's bigger, too, Figueroa. I think you'd see Lee Wood maybe fight more like he did in the rematch with Mauricio Lara. I do believe that's probably what would happen. But um, who knows? Now, there was a draw with Harper um, and Cecilia. That was a close fight. I didn't score it, but... Maybe I'll, 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 I'll re-watch that and score that. Um, also, Conway beat Adolfia. Um, that was a good performance, I thought. I thought that was a very good performance. Uh, but, yeah, let's get the rematch. You know, let these guys rest a little bit. You know what I mean? Let's not freak out here. Let them rest a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd like to either go right. I prefer going right back to the rematch, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, maybe they're going to do some business and then go back to it. 
It's a fight as long as neither guy all of a sudden falls off the cliff, cliff randomly, which the combination of where they're at in their career and their age and some of the fights they've been in, I guess you could say it could happen, but it sure didn't seem like it happened in that fight. Cause like I said, Warrington looked damn good. Now, would that rematch look a little different? I, I believe it would. I do believe it would. Anyway, let's get to uh, Zerto Ramirez, Joe Smith Jr. at Cruiserweight. There was like three, um, well, as far as the cards go, as far as how, you know, top to bottom cards, you know, I guess if you look on the, uh, you got the A side and the B side, right? You have blue and red corners. You have that type of feel. What I'm trying to say is like, if you look at it, like a card on the boxing scene, or not boxing box right, right? Left side, right side type stuff. Um, there was three dudes, Brown, Tudor, and Luna, that lost on that other card. So that was that was pretty interesting. All of them by decision. Um, Brown and Tony, you know, I thought that was a really close fight. That was, um, that was a 154 pound. And Beck took care of uh, Fox, um, you know, fairly quickly. Um so he's still, you know, someone out there that is, is you know, climbing the uh, the charts, I guess you could say. Um, we'll see. You know, he, he had that, you know, little setback, which seems like a long time ago now. Um, but anyway, let's get to the main event. Um, Ramirez, I liked him in the first two rounds. He had a decent jab. He was on the, on the back foot mostly. There was times where he would back Smith up and flurry, you know, a couple combos on the ropes or whatever. Um, Smith, by the second round, started to get in some body work. Uh, but, yeah, more jabs in the left hand, you know, with with movement. There was a nice left hand midway point of the second round by Ramirez. Then the third round, though, I thought, although you could see in the early goings and at times in this fight, uh, Smith was having some issues cutting off the ring fully to land follow-up punches. Uh, the third round was really close. I thought a couple, maybe just two or three better shots probably won that round um, for Smith. The fourth round, that was close. Could have went either way. Smith definitely brought more pressure. as like I said, a competitive round. The mid and late right hands, that right hand late may have stolen the round. Um, now, not just with the jab with Ramirez, but you dart, you, you darted, you started to see um, body work. You started to see body work, and I believe it was with both hands, if I remember correctly. Uh, so that one was up in the air. That's a swing round for me in the fourth. Uh, the fifth and sixth I gave to Ramirez. Um, Smith had, he was just being inaccurate. He did land a nice right, I think it was a right-hand counter uh, in the fifth, but um, a few nice left, hand, left hands, um, really nice uh, flush left hands that landed late in that fifth round. Um, and then I just thought he was controlling the distance better, much like the first two rounds. Um, once again, the seventh was a close round. Give and take throughout the round. I did give it to Smith, but it was close. Um, some late shots, some good combinations. Um, I don't know. Both these guys were thrown in combination, so that was close. You know, the fourth round, 
to me, that's a swing round. I gave this one the the 7-2. Smith, though, Ramirez, though, back on his jab, back with the movement, trying to keep the fight in the middle of the ring in the eighth round, and I thought he did that well. I, I thought he did that in the ninth as well. The ninth round was good, though. That was a fun round. Um, you had some early flurries by Smith landing a really nice right hand. Um, and then you saw Ramirez back Smith up, and he started landing some good punches. Smith landed like a looping right hand that got him off the ropes. Um, but I think late, uh, a late left hand kind of snapped the head back of Smith. That was probably that was the best punch of the round, so that's why I gave it to Ramirez. And then the 10th round, he was busier. He turned up the aggression. Uh, a left hand knocked back Smith. Smith did land um, as the round was closing. Uh, a nice right hand. But, you know, like I said, 7-3, 8-2. I'm a much more comfortable with that. I would say, I mean, at least 8-2. to two, You know, whether you gave, I gave Smith the third. I gave him the seventh. Maybe I could have gave him the you know, the fourth, like I said, but I just didn't think it was, you know, nine to one, but that's really, you know, but yeah, if you really look at it, the key was the jab. Obviously, There's there's no secret there. He was most definitely the jab in that one. And um, so, you know, I, um, I liked, you know, I liked what I saw at cruiserweight. There's plenty of fights. For him, I don't need to see a rematch here, nothing like that. Um, but yeah, it really came down to the jab in that movement because if you look at even the copy box, it, I mean, it really comes down to that. Like it was really close um, in many ways as far as power punching. It really was like starting with round one, eight eight. Ramirez had a ten six, then eleven seven, then fourteen to thirteen. Um, there was, you know, there was the seventh round was 18 to 11 uh, in favor of Smith. Like, it, but it came down to the jab. If you look at those same rounds, five to one, seven to one, six to one, five to one, six to four. You know, it, he basically just out jabbed him, 56 to 23, and there wasn't. It, it was it was more accurate. It was way more accurate, and there really wasn't. You know, like I said, there really wasn't a whole lot of. Uh, you know, I just thought he won clean. I thought he won cleanly. I thought he did really well. And, uh, you know, I, I, oops. I thought he um, I thought he performed pretty well, like I said. I did. Um, and it'll be interesting to see him at that weight class. Um, you know, Joe Smith, you know, it is what it is. You know, he, he, he did what he did. I don't. I don't know what else to say when it comes to that one. I don't. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know if he'll keep fighting or whatever. I thought he was done, but he got. You know. I don't know if he. I'm not going to say he came off the couch on this one or anything like that, right? But um, I did think he was retired. So considering that, I thought he looked all right. But um, you know, Ramirez got the job done, and that's ultimately um, what happened there. Oh, and then going all the way back to Wednesday on Pro Box TV, we had Kano get a nice knockout. That was a pretty good card. Those are 
underrated cards. You should definitely check them out. And I'm kind of uh, in a little bit of uh, a push today because I believe I have something going on in a little bit. Like I said, unless I get a phone call, then it'll go a little bit longer. But um, So I'm not going to go too much deeper there. Um, like I said, we do have um, some fights this weekend. Shana Beck is taking on um, Gulateria, I think it is, Gulateria, uh, Vincenzo. Uh, you know, he's... He beat that Falco guy. Um, I mean, this is middleweight, dude. I mean, normally this guy wouldn't be getting a shot at this title and stuff like that. I mean, I shouldn't say a shot at this title because, you know, he got his title off of that. That's where he got the vacant, what was it? I think it was the IBS, if I remember correctly. Because um, Shana Beck, you know, he, he – um, yeah, it was. So it's the WBO in the, the IBS. Yeah, of course it's the WBO in one of the top ranked things. So it, it's an undisputed uh, or undisputed. It's a it's it's a unification, right? It's a unification. Um, I think Janabek will win this one fairly cleanly. Uh, I gotta admit, I'd be surprised if he didn't. Um. You know, someone asked me, do I, you know, would I put a flyer on this guy? I personally wouldn't, um, unless it's just a really, you know, little, little amount. If you're going to throw, like, 10 or 20 bucks or something like that, and it's just like, eh, whatever. I mean, sure, you, you would get, you do get, you know, it's good odds that way. I think it's, well, actually, BetMGM has a plus five. I thought it was higher than that. Yeah, the other ones are the other. No, there's only two other ones: plus seven hundred and plus six six eighty on, on uh, Fanduel. So, yeah, in that okay, here's some more ones. There's more plus eight hundred, plus seven hundred. Okay, I see. Yeah, they had it marked in two different spots. That's kind of weird. So, yeah, if you can get it for plus eight hundred and you want to put twenty bucks down or something, yeah, you know. Maybe I'll do that now that someone brought that up. That, that's that's an interesting point. Um, and that would be a, a really small, small flyer, obviously, on that one. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I don't think Jeanne Beck will have that much problem. Maybe I'm uh, overrating Jeanne Beck or, or underrating uh, Vincenzo. Or Vincenzo, I think it is. Um that could be, that could be, you know, but I don't, I don't believe I am, let's put it that way, <laughs> I don't believe I am doing that, um, oh, we got Guido on the undercard against Curtis Harper, wow, Duke Ragan, or Ragan, Ragan is Jose uh, Perez, the one thing, Keyshawn Davis is going against uh, Nair Albright, <clears throat> as far as a, now, I don't think he's going to win the fight, but as far as an experience-type fight, I do like this fight. I do like this fight because he was uh, he was competitive with Ortiz, I thought. He, he made a good account for himself. Uh, I, I believe it was on a – was it on a, a showbox, that Dutch over where he got that win? I believe it was. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it was uh, – 
pretty sure it was. And, you know, he beat an unbeaten prospect, beat Carlos Bod, uh, Baldros uh, a couple months ago, really. It wasn't that long. It was like in the summer, I believe. Yeah, looking at it right now. So July 28th. So, yeah. Um, you know, for your 10th fight, I like this fight. I really do. I think it's going to be, you know, a good test for Davis. Like I said, I'm not saying he's going to, you know, get beat. But, you know, now he's in, what, his third 10-rounder, I believe. Um, he went the distance two out of his last three. He ended up, you know, Anthony Yidget ended up getting stopped in that fight, TKO. Um, so that, honestly, I'd say just from a, a prospect standpoint, I, I, I would definitely favor that fight even over the main event. But hopefully, um, you know, hopefully the main event turns out to be better than I think. Maybe I am underrating it. Maybe Shauna Beck. I don't, you know, rate Shauna Beck super high. You know what I mean? But I, I do think that um, he's shown some improvement, some minor improvements. He's a good fighter. He's a pretty good fighter, I think. And so I think he'll win this. Uh, I think he'll win this. And, you know, with Tim Zhu, I think he'll win it too. Right, he's a he's a clean favorite, no doubt. In fact, let me see what is the lowest you can get Mendoza, or the highest, I should say. But anywhere from plus four hundred, four ten, all the way up to five twenty five. So, um, you know, having that quote unquote eraser um, that you can at least say Mendoza has. He, he doesn't have a ton of power, but, you know, he did stop Fondora. Whatever version you thought Rosario was, he stopped him. He's been on a nice little streak. Um, kind of popped up. I'm not going to say out of nowhere because at least he, he fought, you know, like La Mania and stuff like that. I think that was all the way back, like, coming out of COVID, if I remember. But um, he went the distance with Ramos. A little, probably about two years ago. Yeah, it was probably about two years ago. Um, didn't really, like, he, he got beat cleanly. I think he won maybe, you know, whatever, two rounds, maybe three rounds tops. Um, but like I said, the Fundora fight, you know, I had him losing that fight. And I, I thought he was losing the fight, personally. Um, but it didn't matter, you know. It didn't matter at all. Because uh, he scored the knockout. And, and don't get me wrong, he did, you know, some good stuff in the fight. I'm not saying that he didn't, you know, lost every second of the fight or anything like that up until. But I did favor Fondor in that fight going in, and I thought he was winning. But that was a, you know, that was what, April? That was a big knockout. So he has the eraser. He has that confidence, you know, that he can – that he can do it, and, and even if he is down in the scorecards, and, he, you know, he'll obviously be, you know, overseas, too. So, you know, he, he will have that confidence um, of even if he's down, he can always erase. And, you know, to be fair, like, the first couple rounds, Tim Zhu, I mean, his style is I'm going to try to get you out of there, right? But I'd say in the first few rounds, 
especially the first round or two. Um, and obviously, Gucci is a prime example of that. But even anyway, you know, some of the success early, I'm talking way early in that fight, then it was over. Um, but, you know, I, I think you can maybe point to um, Gucci, you know, knocking him down, you know, with a nice right hand. That was round one that was here in Minneapolis, actually. He took care of, you know, Carlos Ocampo real quick back in June. I mean, this will be his third fight, right, since March. So, because I think, yeah, that was March that he fought Tony Harrison. So, like I said, Tim Zhu, the first round or two, and throughout, I guess you could say, he does kind of get hit, but his guard seems to tighten up. He seems to, like, get sharper as the fight goes. He seems to, like, find his range. <clears throat> Not that I'm saying he's outside boxing or anything, but he generally wants to walk you down, but he uses a jab, he uses fundamentals, and he's a, he's a good puncher. So um, I actually am calling for, well, a, a Tim Zhu win. I mean, I think that's that's fairly, you know, um, I think that's fairly easy to predict. Um, I wouldn't doubt if early and late Mendoza had some success, though, like a fair amount of it. Um, like winning rounds and stuff or, or hitting them with shots that makes them kind of respect them for a little bit and, and, you know, maybe reset type stuff on offense. But um, I'm going to call for – this one's tough because I can definitely see a TKO. Um, you know, the way – I mean, well, Goucher made it the distance, right? Yeah. So, anyway, but lately he's been – I'm going to go a distance. I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go the distance fight. I'm going to definitely going to go a unanimous decision in favor of Tim Zoom. But like I said, from a stylistic point of view, I said this earlier, this is going to be what the old timers say, a good TV fight. I mean, it really is. It's a good style matchup. Like I said, Mendoza being able to land big punches at any time in this fight, uh, Keeps him around. He's got a pretty good jab. He's got skills on the outside, too. It just, and like I said, that's why I kind of feel like he'll have some success early because that's where, you know, not just being susceptible to, to shots because it's not like Tim Zoo's defense is great, but he has a tight guard. He's got those fundamentals. Even though he's an aggressive fighter, he definitely, uh, you know, isn't afraid to take one. Uh, to deliver two, and then like I said, he, he does make little adjustments with his tight guard, where he'll he'll just fight at the right range with aggression, though. Still, uh, put his punches together and really go for it. You know, like I said, he's looking to get you out of there for the most part, and then it'd be great. You know, if, if next year, um, sometime in the first six months or whatever, if we could see that that fight between Tim Sue. And don't get me wrong, if Mendoza wins, hey, man, he would have earned it back-to-back. And I do like that Mendoza got this fight. Now, would I, you know, would I be interested in Fedora and Mendoza again? Sure, of course. I think Fedora, you know, because he was, well, should he? I mean, I was just talking about how I think uh, Josh Warrington should get the rematch. He was up on the cards. Well, you know, I thought he was doing pretty good in that fight. I had him up on my card. So, um... You know, overall, 
I think it'll just be a fun, fun fight to watch. They're definitely going to exchange leather, once again, like the old-timers say. That's going to be on Showtime. And then, like I said, let me get you ready for this, okay? Because I think it's a longer card, too. I think there's going to be probably a triple header for ESPN. The LSU-Auburn game is scheduled, and then there's like a 30-minute college football post-show that they could just go right by that, and they could go right to the fight and stuff to say. But if the college football game is on, they're going to stay on that. Every time this happens um, with boxing at ESPN, some boxing fans, and it'll be it'll just be broadcast on ESPN Plus, dude. So, um, and sometimes they'll do it on like ESPN News or something like that. Um, they used to do that a lot more when they didn't have ESPN Plus, but I'm assuming they'll just say it's on the Plus. But um, people lose their shit. Like ESPN is so disrespectful to boxing that they're gonna not cut to the game. It's like, dude, college football is a brings in gigantic revenues for them. So to think, and you know, sometimes when it's a lesser college football game and it's going into a bigger college football game, they'll still show that lesser football game because it's tight and it's in double overtime. You know, that's how it works. You know? um, in the NBA playoffs, right? Um, my Timberwolves don't get there a lot. They've gotten there back-to-back years. But I remember back in the day, uh, uh, in that 2004 season when we were playing Denver in that Indiana-Detroit game went to, like, triple overtime That you know where Reggie Miller got blocked by Tayshaun Prince. Like, we just – we didn't even have, like, another channel to go watch it on. Like, the shit happens, dude. If a live game is in overtime or it's coming down to the wire, they're going to stay with that. They're not going to be like, okay, boxing fans, we're going to go to boxing now. I mean, we should be happy as fans that the lead-in to that event, right, to the boxing event, is actually a college football game. Like, that's the best part. Beyond ESPN now for quite some time, all the stuff that's on ESPN is is simulcast on ESPN+, Plus. so technically you don't need cable. I think that's a phenomenal part of the deal. But that's the best part of the deal, other than that, is being able to do a card after the Heisman, after college football. After college basketball, that's a thing. But every time, no matter what, someone's going to flip the fuck out and be like, what the fuck? Why do they still have this college football game on? It's like there's like like Floyd Mayweather or Pacquiao's fighting or something. You know what I mean? Like, And remember even Pacquiao, you know, during uh, the Celtics-Miami series, you know, Bob Arum came out and said, hey, he's going to be watching that game, you know. He's not going to be in the ring until that game's over. So just get ready for it, you know? Anyway, I always bring that up because I find it so funny uh, that people freak out to that extent. Um, so someone sent me this um, this article from a handful of days ago uh, with De La Hoya on boxing. I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, as far as fight news, though, and, and just – current news out there, but Omac, like I said, got a suspended sentence, so as long as he's on his P's and Q's when he's over in the UK, he'll be fine. He is home, so good for him. Like I said, some people have, you know, the you did the crime, do the time thing. You know, it is what it is. I mean, 
you know, if he would, if they would have gotten him in trouble, I damn sure wouldn't, uh, or not, you know, if they would have actually had him there in jail or whatever, I wouldn't have freaked out, to be honest with you, because you know the law, and you brought the shit over. Now, from the sounds of it, it sounds like he got robbed the last time he was there. Now, I haven't heard that out of his mouth yet, but I've heard that circulate plenty. So I get some of that, but, you know, bringing guns on a plane, even if you got by with it because you flew over there private, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, let him go. Well, dude, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But it is cool that Crawford and other people went over there and said, hey, dude, the dude made a mistake. It is what it is. Um, He's a productive person in society. He's helping a lot of the youth, which is all true. You know what I mean? Um, but my point is, you know, there are there are some laws that I don't agree with. There's some law, you know. So it is what it is. You know what I mean? But it's a great news for Bomac, and, and you know, I don't think he was he wasn't going over there to do anything. You know what I mean? Uh, if any, well, he's for protection. Um, and now we know live on Showtime pay per view from Las Vegas, Mandalay Bay to be exact, Benavides. Andre, and right now I saw the ticket starting at $75, so that's pretty cool. There was a rumor swirling, a lot of rumors swirling in boxing, but rumors swirling about um, the fight taking place in Texas, and I saw a headline the other day say it's actually changed to this. Well, if they didn't announce it, you know, it, I don't know if it changed or it flipped or whatever. Maybe they're going to put something else there, uh, but I'm really looking forward to that fight. It's a great, great fight. Um, it's a great style matchup, you know, for Bennett. I mean, it's great for Andre because he finally gets that big name, big fight he's been looking for. You know, he, uh, he made some bad business decisions, um, even before the DAZN thing. Um, ultimately the DAZN deal was a good financial deal for him. It didn't give him any of the fights that he wanted. Um, Beyond one, Billy Joe Saunders technically fucked that up, not him. So they did make, got to give them credit for credit to do when they actually make the fight. They go through and they didn't seem, you know, to be wanting to make that fight in the future when it, when it happened, but it is what it is. Billy Joe Saunders ended up being a, an asset of sorts to be able to, uh, you know, dangle Canelo a deal. So I, I understand that too, but, um, you know, the combination of him getting a tune-up fight with this deal that he signed or, like, this new, I think it's a three-fight, I don't know. But PBC Showtime, you know, they gave him a tune-up, which is cool, and then now they've got Benavides. So, I mean, definitely better. <laughs> this is way better than what he, all the other deals combined, really. I'm not saying financially, although this is this might be, I'd assume this is the most money he's making, but I don't know. Um but either way, and then Benavides, you know, okay, Canelo's not going to fight me? Cool. You know, I'll fight Plant, and then I'll fight Andre. It's been a great 2023 for him, and let's see if he can get over the hump here. Because if he wins this fight, Cinco de Mayo's got to be Canelo Benavides. I'm not saying it's going to be, but it, man, it really has to be, in my opinion, in most people's opinion. Um, and, I, and I'm going to just, uh, uh, you know, address a couple things. Um, but there was a report, I think by 
Chris Mannix. Um, I think it was Mannix uh, that said that uh, Al Heyman is in, you know, took meetings uh, with Amazon, right? Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I'm not going to act like I know uh, 100%. Uh, Mannix, you know, isn't the most trustworthy reporter, uh, but that's not the, I mean, there's a lot of non-trustworthy, you know, but it is what it is. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that to be a fact or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I, that, that would be great. You know, that would be great. That would be, that would be crazy, actually. Um, that would be fun. Uh, that'd be phenomenal. You know, I mean, if they got an Amazon deal, um, and actually there was a report about Amazon being in talks with Disney about ESPN streaming partnership. ESPN considering charging between 20 to 35 a month for a new streaming service, which could make it the most expensive streaming service in the U.S., and that would actually, well, if it went to 35 or 30, then it would be that. Then it would be that um, over to Zelda. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at, like, I mean, we talk about Paramount, even Prime Video, and that's what a lot of people like about Amazon is that you can, you know, you can at least purchase certain films or whatever. You can just, you have access to so much stuff, whether it's part of your Amazon subscription or a small fee, um, you know, it is what it is. So, and we know Disney is open to selling an equity stake in ESPN. That's something that yeah, I think they own like 80% of it. Uh, Hearst Communication, I think, has the other 20%. I know that CEO Bob Eager has been saying that, you know, they're, they're looking at that. Um, now, whether that'll be leagues and stuff, I, I don't know. Meaning, you know, the actual sports league getting involved too. NFL, you know, uh, NBA and stuff like that. That could be that could be the case, but as far as it going there, Amazon. I mean, Amazon is just such a beast overall um, of a company that it's like, yeah. I mean, right now I think that they have like 150 million of subscribers in the U.S. Um, you know. Right now, Paramount has 61. The Zone has 15 million. ESPN has 25. Like, um, so yeah, that would be crazy. You know, and worldwide, you know, I think it's 200 uh, million. And, and they expect by, you know, I saw this lo- uh, report lately. Uh, <clears throat> global subscribers, they expect to have 250 million globally by 2000. So um, that would be phenomenal. So many people have it or will have it for a little bit and then, you know, maybe not have it. But no matter what, you use it. You know what I mean? Uh, Netflix is another one. Obviously, with Amazon already, like, you know, you've already been able to get, like, NFL games on there and stuff like that before the Thursday night stuff. But it's gone so smoothly. Um, Netflix, I think, is – Worldwide, 220 million paid subscribers, if I remember correctly. 
Hulu has like 48 million or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would be phenomenal. You know, that would be great. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know because remember those first initial reports came down to, it's kind of vague as far as what 2014 is going to look like, but that is, did I just say that? 2024. Sorry, I'm literally looking at something that has a 14 in it. 2024, we know the contract BBC Showtime Boxing goes until 2024. Now, is there options to tweak it, to get out of it? You know, that, that we don't know. A lot of times there is, obviously. Um, but if, if, in fact, this is the last year that Showtime has Showtime Boxing regularly, Showbox and all that on their regular thing. Well, well then maybe maybe that would be the reason why um, you know we we uh, we have these fights made. Uh, um, we know they're signed and they just haven't been announced for a date yet. By the way, Brandon Figueroa did mention on his I believe Instagram post that he, he uh, is going to fight the night of. Uh, Benavidez Andre, so you'd assume that would be Vargas, which would be, you know, like a top five matchup at Featherweight. Love that fight. Hopefully it's on that undercard. That would be great. Uh, the protege, Moten, uh, Mayweather's protege, he's going to be on the undercard it sounds like, too, but um, I don't know. I mean, you know, because we're going back to those reports, right? Because it was Eddie and then that other dude that reported first, right? And so they both said that there's Showtime's going to be in the Showtime pay-per-view business, you know. And if you can pick and choose Showtime pay-per-views where you think you can make some revenue on them, where it's you know, two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand or something like that, or anywhere from like one fifty to two fifty or something like that, or you get ones that are bigger, right? Like. Like the pay-per-view numbers when Canelo and Charlo came out, anywhere from six hundred and fifty thousand to seven hundred thousand, maybe a little over seven hundred thousand, something something in that range. And that is kind of funny because time and time again, I kept hearing, "Oh, there's no buzz." You know, it's a, it's a twenty million dollar gate, which is very it's not commonplace. If if Eddie or when K two was popping with the Love Kid or you know Top Rank, if any of these outlets beyond PBC did back-to-back, you know, or well, it wasn't back-to-back, but, you know, three, in one year, three $20 million gates, and two of them didn't have Canelo Mayweather Pacquiao in it, you know, um, they'd be just, it, 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 the praise would be way over the top. It wouldn't be about just getting credit. Um, and like I said, if Showtime, in fact, is going out of business, man, they're going out of business in style in 2023. It's been a great year. Um, but, yeah, as far as this goes, would I love to see them on Amazon? Fuck yeah, of course, right? Because there are some leagues like, of course, the NBA and the NFL and college football who have deals with network TVs and ESPN, right? Or network broadcast television. All four, or all, yeah, all four of the the, the the linears, the ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, and then ESPN and whatnot, Big Ten Network, SEC, whatever, right? 
So that's kind of already like, well, those are going to stay there. But, you know, in five to ten years, especially after a decade, it'll be really interesting to see just how low that cable subscription has gone because that we've seen, you know, a, a big regress to that. You know what I mean? And so will it be under – will it be $50 million? Will it be under $50 million? You know, it's tough to say. Will it be only $40 million? Would it be like the, you know, early to mid-90s when it was like $35 million? That's what we're going to find out. But Amazon and streaming, as we know, is in the future. Uh, not many of these um, platforms are making a lot of money just yet, but they know they got a plan for the future. I think Netflix and Hulu, I think, are the ones that are, are making money off that, if I remember correctly. Definitely. But it took them a while. Took them a long time. So anyway, um, now like I said, is this meetings? Are they finalizing something? Are they going to take multiple meetings with other, you know, platforms? We don't know. Al Heyman moves in silence, and I wouldn't doubt if these literally these reports are just they say meetings, but they're finalizing. I'm not saying with Amazon. I'm just saying in general. Um, we'll see. He may have just gotten news that hey. After the contract runs up, we aren't going to. Dan Raphael and others now have said that, too, that Showtime Boxing's not going to. But that initial reports, like I said, that include Eddie Hearn, you know, they, they did talk about how Showtime pay-per-view would be in the picture. So does that mean Paramount? Does that mean Paramount Plus for fights and then the pay-per-views go, you know, Showtime handles that? You know, that would make sense. You know what I mean? I'll say that. Um, but overall, I don't know. And like I said, I'm not going to have a, a weekly segment on this stuff. I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it every time. Now, if there's a new report, cool. If not, it is what it is. I don't know. A lot of the whole showtime's going on in the business was just aimed at the PBC. Because since late 2015, that's been the big deal. Then it goes away for a little bit. You know, then now it comes back up. This is the last. Well, no, it's not the last. What am I saying? So on regular showtime, this was until uh, Benavides and, and, and Andre were, was announced. This for Showtime fights pay per view or not. Um, you know, this this weekend, Tinzu Mendoza, that was the only one on their schedule. Now they have another one on their schedule. It does sound like they may do an exhibition to try to hook up the undercard. Let's hope they do, <laughs> because I'm not trying to buy exhibitions. Uh, but anyway, you know, in May with our exhibition, Pacquiao exhibition, those are pretty easy to, uh, you know, to have folks, to have like a little get-together for the hell of it. Hopefully they put a good fight to the undercard. But if not, no thanks. Anyway, um, back to that. De La Hoya floats Super Bowl boxing card featuring Garcia, Lopez, Haney, and Stevenson. In Mungia. This is Steve Nam, or Sean Nam. Um, someone just sent me something about Steve King. Man, I'm messing it up. i got to stop reading stuff while I'm talking. No, but, um, you know, he, he just said, you know, Stevenson against Zapata, Mungia against Berlanga, uh, Joseph Diaz against uh, Schofield. Um, you know, that's it. Let, let's just hook up. You know, he wants to do it at the sphere, that uh, state of the art amphitheater in Las Vegas. Um, 
you know, imagine the Super Bowl week and the Super Bowl of boxing, Brian Garcia, Pio Fimo Lopez, Devin Haney, the other card, you know, and, and promoters, Eddie Hearn, Al Heyman, Bob Aaron, who's ever out there, let's come together. I'm calling you out. Let's come together. Let's meet the powers of mind come out, you know, all that stuff, right? It sounds great. It sounds phenomenal, man. That would be a great night of boxing. It does. But he's just, you know, and yeah, by the way, um, like I mentioned, anywhere from somewhere between 650000 to 700000 maybe a little over 700000 that's basically the, the sum of the pay-per-views, uh, which is a big, big number, including the gate as well. So that whole, like the only fight, like Triple G and Golovkin got a gate like that, you know? Canelo and Golovkin, it never was 100% reported, but Eddie and others said that it went over $20 million. But it didn't. The, 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 the trilogy did not, on his own pay-per-view with Golovkin and Canelo, did not do 700000 here. So this whole thing of, oh, you know, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to, you know, oh, if I was there, Eddie said, oh, there's no buzz. Everyone's saying, oh, there's so much better promoters. And, it, you know, a top rank or Eddie or they needed Eddie for this one. It's like that. That's so. It's such a narrative. It's so stupid. It's like, come on, you know. In fact, if you look at it, the only ones where it's come, you know, over six fifty, seven hundred thousand, were the two he did with PBC so far. You know, since uh, HBO went away. So come on, it's just silly. But the thing is, Oscar. You know, it sounds like he met with Bob Arum. Sounds like. He's going to meet with Eddie. That sounds great. All these things are great. And he even has one uh, today where he says he doubts Devin Haney would ever fight Zapata. I would love the matchup, but, you know, I, it's not going to happen. You know, he basically, they would never take it. Trust me, they would never take it. Well, yeah, he goes back to 135. That's probably not the fight he's going to take. But to sit there and act like it's a duck, I don't know. The thing is, lately, like the Mungia situation, like I mentioned earlier, Berlanga, it is what it is. I'm not saying, like, uh, I think that that sounds like Berlanga was on that side, okay? It does sound like Berlanga was the, the reason why that fight didn't happen. They're going to take him to it up or something, and then he's going to uh, go from there and, and try to get the fight, right? It is what it is. But my point is, you know, the Charlo fight, we found out um, about the um, – there was another fight. Oh, we could have taken the Janabek fight, could have taken the Benavides fight, and Mungia and two, the Charlo and Benavides sounds like they were agreed to terms. But then the people around Mungia, whether it's his manager, which – the manager was on board for the Charlotte fight, uh, apparently for the for the um, Benavides fight too. But Oscar's the one who stopped those fights, so or at least has something to do with it. Didn't get it over the line, that's for sure. Now Mungia and Ryder bring that fight on. I like that fight. You know, at this he just needs some good fights, man. He just needs some good fights. But yeah, he's like, you know, talk is cheap. It is what it is. 
You know what I mean? It is what it is. Like, just go get the fights. But see, the media, a lot of times, allow him to get away with this shit. You know what I mean? Um, and Eddie Hearn said, someone sent me this too, if, if Warrington would have just turned around, they would have carried on with the fight or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. I 100% agree. Here's an interesting one because I don't have much time. Shakur Stevenson was asked, this is on the, uh, oh, I forgot the podcast. I think it was the Cigar Talk, if I remember correctly. Um, he was asked if, you know, if he will undoubtedly stick with top rank and not even consider a new promoter when his contract expires next year. He said, hell no, fuck no, I'm considering every option. Uh, let me make sure that's known. Top rank, top rank's good to me. I've got nothing bad to say about top rank, but once my contract is up, I will be a free agent, and I'll be willing to talk to anybody and everybody that wants to do great business. So that's kind of an interesting little note. Um, Lee Wood has declared that he wants some time off before his next fight, which will be targeted to take place in Nottingham, the Forest FS City Ground, next summer. Eddie has stated that Wood will vacate the, the WBA featherweight title and move to Super Anyway, okay, so he's going to move up. I see. I see. Um, there was a report of um, Dimitri Bibble's wife talking about that she got abuse. Alleged, um, alleged, you know, making allegations, uh, you know, speaking out against Bibble, saying she allegedly, I think it's, Ekaterina, Ekaterina, I can't remember her name, Ekaterina, um, you know, um, I, that I don't know, um, definitely need some more information on that, to be honest with you, but there is a legend, Brooks Boxing is one of the websites, shouts out to MBO, um, that, uh, you know, she's, that's why she wanted the divorce, is, is more what it sounds like, anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Like I said, I didn't get the phone call that I I was hoping I'd get to keep the show going. So I got to get going. But anyway, we'll be back next week. Hopefully life will get in the way and everything will be good to go on Tuesday. Next Tuesday, that is. Otherwise, you know, enjoy the week. Enjoy the fights. We'll be back. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when, because you fight, let's say you fight for five years of straight survival, of bullshit, of the whole bag, and when you come over camp, you're like, you know what, I made it. I'm going to show you it's this. So I'm going to get any, every dollar worth of, 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 of what I deserve. Why? Because I'm the world champion.